All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Real Life Podcast, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. I'm, I'm guessing my math is going to be incorrect. So if you're listening to this, oh. It's a bag milk intro kind of day. Episode 309 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Uremchuk, Chalmers, Jay, Wanye. Ding dong. Usual cast of characters is here. And we are brought to you, as always, by the HGA Group, the next generation of business services built to serve you better so that when your business brings you challenges, they can bring you solutions. Wait till you see the golf tournament. It's going to look like it's the HGA golf tournament that Oilers Nation is at as opposed to the Oilers <laughs> Nation golf, golf tournament that HGA is at. They are just activating the course. It's going to be great. They're really good with branding. Like, even at their offices, the elevator's all branded on the inside. And I was like, these guys have their shit together. <laughs> they do, man. They're like this, like, like hidden, like, juggernaut, right? Like, they, they're, they, they're doing so much. They got the whole suite yeah. of services. They got – everyone knows them. I literally was just meeting uh, with with my banker about uh, Umperville Block and – uh I'm like, yeah, HGA told me to, to to talk to you. And he's like, oh, and he just started like rifling off all their names. Like, oh, no, yeah, like these guys send us a lot of business and this and that. I'm like, oh, my God. Interesting. Like HGA is le- like actually like supremely legit. There are over there, are. I think. I think I was shocked. Eh? We're like, holy crap. One of our advertisers is legit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and that's why legit. you should deal with them. Um, yeah, they got of- insurance brokerage couple housekeeping notes actually for the podcast we should have done this before we started recording um are we doing no episode thursday i don't think we'll like be... obviously it's kind of impossible <laughs> we should what we should do though is on the real life instagram is we should do an instagram live Ooh. from the course for Ooh. ramchuk for like one minute oh you oh, want to be for, able to edit it don't you forget what's tyler saying right now jay Old bag milk's gonna be cruising. I've got the install. We'll we'll go live. All right, thank you. We actually you know what would be kind of funny live. is if we went live because we're gonna be golfing with Fanny Pack Freddie and his friend. Um, if we went live and bag milk was there to shoot it for one hole and you watched us play a hole, that might be yeah, kind of cool. That's exactly what we should do. There you go. Now you don't make content. We'll we'll do this. Uh, forget what Tyler says. I'm there. I'm ready to record. I'm ready to go live. Forget what Tyler says is the new tagline for this podcast going forward. Um. All right. What was I going to talk about? More of the mantra of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. The brand of the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's. Oh. This is. This feels unlike most podcasts because there is a lot to talk about right now. There is like a lot, a lot. But I also a need lot, to add that for next Monday's episode, I won't be here. So Waz is going to produce for you guys. You guys will get to shoot the show. Oh, the great and powerful Waz. <laughs> so are you then? Since we're doing this, are you also away for Friday's ONR when we do the golf tournament recap? Yes, Waz will be handling that. Do you want me right. to uh, partake on Friday's show? Absolutely. With a grass voice. Where the hell voice? are you going, your M-Track? You were just gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm only going. Some... 
Is there some big NHL news about to, about to break that you're and going fucking, to on out. vacation to avoid? Just a big event coming up yeah. that you just want to bounce out of for? No, actually, I kind of figured this was probably my last chance to take time off before things get a little crazy with the DFO and the new hockey season and all that. So I'm going golfing for a little bit. Going to the mountains, as I do. Unbelievable, Anywho. this guy. I know, I know. Pretty yeah, well, then the answer is yes, Jay. ONR Friday afternoon, we will do a golf tourney recap. I'll be there. Everybody will be there. Caroline will be there. Jay will be there. Now Waz will be there. It'll be excellent. I won't. Yeah. No, that'll be much better then. Probably. Probably. Hey, can we, I, I just saw this and I know it's terrible and I don't want to make it sad, but I just, I just saw and heard about Jimmy Hayes. Oh yeah. Super sad, man. Awful. That's terrible. terrible. I mean, Jimmy Hayes. 30, 31 yeah. years old, man. What's yeah. that? 31 He's years old. Former hockey player. Right he, did the the, he did the missing right. curfew podcast with Scotty Upshaw. He passed? Yeah, he passed away this morning. Oh, fuck. How? Uh, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, super Horrible sad news. news. And, I mean, I was gonna, I was actually going to bring all that up at uh, the end of the podcast, but I we can know. hop into it now. Um, obviously, this is a tough week for hockey in general, really. Yeah. Con- condolences to, uh, to Jimmy Hayes. Also, I mean, Rod, Rod Gilbert, the, uh, the legendary iconic Ranger as well. That was super sad. And, and hockey lost one of what, its that legends. What, that super sexy old guy? The guy that yeah. always had the fashion? What happened yep. to him? He passed away uh, yesterday, I believe, earlier yesterday what or yesterday fuck? evening. Um, and then, of course, we had before on, I think it was on Friday, um, the, the three youngsters in there uh, in the car and one of them being Caleb Reimer, the Edmonton Oil mm. King and uh, his, his two teammates as well. They passed away in a single vehicle crash. A really, really sad few well, days around uh, for hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, Reimer Sharma and, uh, and, and the Magnuson families, our condolences to them and the Gilbert family and, and Jimmy Hayes. And I mean, everyone who knew Jimmy Hayes, um, I mean, he, he kind of had one of those legendary personalities around the hockey world as well. So yeah, tough, tough, tough few days for the hockey world. Yeah. There's an absolutely flood of like Instagram posts and tweets coming out mm-hmm. just about what a, what a guy he was and like legendary guy, you know, and, um, he's obviously, he's the older brother of Kevin Hayes or yeah. younger brother. They're, they're close in brother. age, but yeah, they're pretty close. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty tragic story. Uh, well, all three of them are super, super sad stuff. And it's, uh, never fun to transition, um, away from news like that, but something we talked about last Thursday on the pod. And I know some listeners like electronic Jordan were uh, doing their homework this weekend for this one, but I just finished watching the mouse of the palace doc, like 10, 20 minutes ago here before we started recording. So good. Holy shit. My problem is it. I need to see this hour and 10 minutes. My problem with it is that it wasn't long enough. I wish they did a five part series on it. Cause man, it was well done. The stories were great. The descriptions were great. The interviews were awesome. The footage was dope. It was just really, really well done. So JR bag milk and I, and, uh, and, uh, your M Chuck, we decided that on, uh, Thursday that it was going to be our weekend homework was going to be to watch, uh, untold, which is a series on Netflix where this is the first episode in the series and it starts with the mouse at the palace. And, uh, what I like so like much a new about 30 it for 30, Charles? It's, it's just like it, man. You know, it's going to yeah, be untold yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one is on a female boxer. I don't know the story. So it's going to be, there's going to be, I think, some like deep dives into some sports that maybe some stories that we don't know. Um, but yeah, they obviously started with the mouse of the palace because it's, you know, it, it's 17 years ago now. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's an intense story in the fact that, you know, this, there was a whole story behind the story. There were so many little tiny factors that led into that. And when you just, you know, I remember seeing it on TV and I remember the reporting afterwards. And I remember how I felt about Ron Artest. And I remember how I felt about it in general. And um, when you hear the story 17 years later uh, of the three players mostly involved in this, um, it was a powder keg, man. It was, it was, it was about to explode. Now, the thing that I took away from it the most was that obviously, like, Reggie Miller was one of, you know, that was the heartbreaking. Top 10, heartbreaking. One of the top 10 basketball players probably in the world, you know, and when a guy's at the tail end of his career, you see organizations and what they try to do is they try to piece together a bunch of talent, you know, regardless of the cost, especially for a guy who has been in that organization for as long as a guy like Reggie Miller has. And so what they did was, 
they got a young Jermaine O'Neal and a young Ron Artest, two players that were miles above everybody in their defending. One was a great interior defender. One was a great exterior defender. They basically were a lockdown team at that point. And in the first season, you know, they went on to play the Detroit Pistons in the final. Or, sorry, in the semifinal. Conference, um, conference final. And it was a hard-fought series. And, you know, it came down to the way they kind of uh, projected it was that Ron Artest took a flagrant foul in a game six that they then ended up losing. And kind of he became the scapegoat for them losing that series. And the year before, they had lost to LA Lakers. They were like the best team in the NBA at that point. And it was pretty, it was pretty, it was kind of known that whoever was going to come out of this series was going to have the best chance to win the NBA final, which the Detroit Pistons eventually did after beating the Indiana Pacers. So in the offseason, they go, look, we're probably the best team in the league. Let's get one more piece. And they get Steven Jackson. Now, when you watch this documentary, you realize that Steven Jackson and Ron Artest are probably at the high end of like the crazy spectrum of the whole thing, you know, like crazy. And they don't, they, you know, if they see a war, they run to it, you know, type it doesn't of thing. take and much to get them there either. It doesn't take much to get them there. Right. And, um, you know, so, so maybe you could say they're like the Chris Chalmers of the team as it were. <laughs> they have a, they have a short fuse. Yes. And so Ooh. to kind of put a, to kind of put a bookend on, on, on why this happened, you know, they, they're about, there's about 30, 35 uh, games left in the season and they're playing Detroit. And this is like the game, you know, there's lots of animosity towards this game. This is, you know, the two best teams in this, in this conference and they're meeting and they're meeting in Detroit and the fans are, are electric and the place is just going crazy. And Ben Wallace uh, was a player on the Detroit Pistons who was somewhat like our test in Steven Jackson. He had a really short fuse. Well, it wasn't known that just a week prior he had lost his brother. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how, but you know, Ben Wallace was playing with a heavy heart and um, the game was intense. The game was crazy and Blow up. the Pacers absolutely took it to him. Yep. Right. And so at the very end of the game, uh, obviously Ron Artest takes a foul against Ben Wallace. He shouldn't have taken, it was a hard foul up 15 with, 52 seconds left in the game and it absolutely lit a fuse that you know very easily could have been put out and i think was on the way to being put out yeah it was uh, almost there it was almost there uh, so because you know, well, he, guys... he he takes the he takes the foul on wallace and it was a hard foul like there's yeah. no question about it but then that caused a scrum on on the court with all the players are pushing each other and obviously these are giant human beings we're talking about so that gets a crowd that was already on edge revved up and it just seems to be escalating and bubbling and bubbling and bubbling but in the documentary they're talking about well what the fans kind of don't know is a lot of these guys are friends and trained together so a lot of this pushing and shoving is for show a little bit but then sorry, go ahead Chalmers it just kind of escalated so a few yeah, so a few a few little key points that you would have never known that really made this a little bit more of an exclamation, exclamation or uh, more of a situation that was ready to explode. With about two minutes left in the game, the uh, or five minutes, maybe five, two to five minutes, but late in the game, the lower bowl crowd had started to leave. And so, you know, the upper bowl crowd had started to funnel down. It was a Friday night. People were getting all boozy, obviously. The gallery is coming down to the March. Gallery the, gallery, is down. the gallery is coming down. The most interesting thing that I, I thought was, you know, Ron Artest is an interesting person. And, and, I, and I really, you know, I felt bad. Metal world peace, I felt, Metal world peace. I felt bad about the way that I felt about him at the time uh, because, you know, everything you would see, it was just the narrative around was he was a loose cannon and he, you know, kind of maybe before mental uh, – uh, it meant any mental issues or, or something like that could be really defined or was really getting understood. He was somebody who had, you know, small mental issues with anxiety and like depression. he was working through it. He depression. He had a psychologist that traveled with the team, everybody or the team, everybody knew that he had to take sessions. And so one of the things that they were working on was when he feels himself getting anxious, that he works in a five count. And this five count is designed to get him back to center and to bring it all in and get him back to calm, right? And the way he explains it was when he's laying on that scores table, everybody's saying, this is weird. 
But what he was doing was he had found a safe spot on that scores table, and he was going through his five-count progression. And somewhere in that five-count, all of a sudden, you, like they, 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 they show it on the thing. In the way they motion. described it. Oh, it was so good, man. The beer, the beer cup comes in slow motion and hits him. And it was a perfect shot right in his chest. Yep. And he immediately gets up and charges the stand. And it's he on from that. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Like, he goes into like the a stands? runaway train. Oh, my God. I it's like Chalmers said, the bit, like the way Reggie Miller is describing it. He's like, out of the corner of my eye, you see flipping through the air a beer and then boom, right in the chest. And then there goes Ron Artest beelining to whom he Does he see the guy who threw the beer at him? Well, he no, thinks he, he did. Goes ro- he goes to row 10 and he's really close. This he is slap the shot, the him. basketball edition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he gets the guy beside him, and oh. the guy that the guy that yeah. ultimately throws the beer the beer uh, the beer cup, he ends up grabbing the back of Ron Artest. But now Stephen Jackson, like he's ready to go, so all he sees is Ron go, doesn't even think twice, and he's up there, right? And it's just you know, it's crazy. It's it's absolutely one of the best pieces of storytelling because even that I love that part where Reggie Miller's like, it was like, it was in slow motion as if everybody was meant to see this thing coming down and watch it exactly land on Ron Artest's chest and man alive from then. It's just like, it gets scary. Like it gets Absolutely. really scary yeah. because, because, you know, guys are, it, it, there was no police in sight. You know, at one point, the Indianapolis Spacers, they characterized it as it felt like it was 15 versus 30,000. And we didn't know how to like get that. out of there. Yeah. So, anyway, you got, Dremchuk, you like said you had guys, base, and I basically hijacked the shit out of go, that. Go bag milk. You go first. You've got guys essentially. So you got the Pacers there trying to. So Ron Artest is up in the up in the in the stands, swinging from the shoelaces at people. And then what was the guy? <laughs> what was the guy's name? Uh, Jackson. What's his first name? Steven, Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson. Randy so Jackson. Randy, yeah, Randy, Randy, Randy Jackson, Jackson. American Idol was up there. Yeah. So he sees. That's going to be a no for me, dog. He sees <laughs> Ron Artest getting swarmed by fans. So he runs up there and starts <laughs> throwing bombs. Like he yeah. was just like, I see. My Are they brother. on the road or are they at home and he's getting beat up? They're by on the road. Fans? No, they're no, on the no. road in Detroit. Oh, oh boy. So he's oh, throwing no. bombs at the crowd. He's like, I saw my brother up. I'm paraphrasing. I saw my brother up there and I knew I had to help him. So he sprinted up there. And all I could think of is like, if I'm sitting around there and there's a seven foot man charging at me full speed, just fist cocked, ready to go. Like what a scene. Uh, but then they were just getting run mobbed. the other way. <laughs> he's getting mobbed. They were just getting mobbed. And then all of a sudden, other pacers were kind of getting in the mix to try and pull guys out. And then even when they got them kind of out of there, out of the crowd and back onto the court, Pistons fans started flooding the court. There's this one part where this just complete fuck boy douchebag, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Makes Charlie his H. way. Charlie H. He makes his way to the court. <laughs> Charles knows him. He makes his way to the court and squares up with Ron Artest, who is now starting to finally calm down a little bit. He he describes himself as I was just trying to get out of there, like I wanted to get out. And then there's this fan standing in his waist, squaring up with him with his fists ready to go. So Ron Artest just beats the shit out of him. Well, Wanye, like, they 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 have this guy Charlie H in the documentary. He's he's a a, um, a season ticket holder, and the director the director of operations for the Detroit Pistons had been having problems with this guy. And at that game, and I don't know if this is bullshit or not, but says at the beginning of the documentary, at this game, this fan was going to be notified that his season tickets were going to be canceled, that he was no longer going to be allowed to have those and tickets. And he fought and run our test that night. So, so, so this guy, this guy comes on. I think on they're the right to take away his shit. And so Charlie H comes, and, and in the video, it's an iconic picture. He comes down with a towel in one hand, a fist cocked in the other, and goes into a stance. And Ron Artest is just like, what the fuck is this? And so he throws, because that's what you do when you're being, when you're in that kind of a situation and you're Ron Artest. He's like, I didn't oh, want yeah, for sure. But, so he starts throwing, and, and that just ignites even more now on the court. Like, and then Jermaine O'Neal comes in, and you know he's trying to fucking level guys, and dudes end up throwing chairs. But so 
I want to get your MCHUX side of this before we get into basically the aftermath of the whole thing, because the aftermath might just be as interesting as the actual fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, they get into a lot of this, but like, yeah, that Charlie H guy one in the moment seems like a piece of shit. Like what were you expecting walking onto the court with your fist closed in the middle of a brawl? You're sque- he was squaring up and he tries to paint himself as like some sort of victim in the documentary. And he got sucker punched oh, or something. Boy. Yeah, he goes, yeah. Oh, boy. Whoever it was, Jermaine O'Neal, he sucker punched me. It was a bitch move. Like, man, you walked onto the court in the middle of like a brawl. <laughs> How are you even fucking coming to contact with players during a basketball game? Well, yeah. So he does that whole thing. And then you have like the head of security who was like, yeah, I heard people. I don't know if it was Charlie H specifically who were like, how great would it be if we could sue these guys? Like, Again, piece of shit from that perspective. And even at the end, he like goes on to blame the organization and was like, you know, they kind of like did a loyal fan dirty. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. (laughs) And it's like, so I'm assuming because he fought Ron Artest, they let him have his tickets for free for the rest of his life. Or how did it end up? No, no. They're like, you know, we were going to kick you out of here forever, but that was pretty iconic. Here you go. Free tickets for life. Wanye, I'm going to also give you a, a glimpse into the mind of Ron Artest where they finally get the Pacers into the locker room and they're all sitting there and Ron Artest looks at Steven Jackson and he's like, kind of like, they're breathing deep and they're kind of just like, hey, Steven, you think we're going to get in trouble for this? You're lucky we still have jobs tomorrow, Ron. And Ron's like, oh, shit. Like, he's just so, you know, he's just, he, he, he politely put, I think he's really immature. I think um, the man like, I think he. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I, I think he thinks at like a low grade level, and but but he's but he in the way he kind of explains himself, he's very self aware of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. he he's self aware of the fact that he of all the things he did, and like in, even in later on when he left the Indiana Pacers right after this, and these guys are all like, "You're going to leave us now after this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I know it's a coward move. Like I know it's a fucking coward move," and he says it in an interview later, which is. Well, after he wins a championship. After he wins Why did he championship. change his name to Meta World Peace? Was it to get out of a contract? Because he just, no, no, he just, you know, he did a lot of weird things, man. He, like, at the beginning of the season, of the beginning of this season, he wanted a month off because he was going to uh, release a rap, rap album. album. Right? <laughs> and then, and then, like, like halfway through the season, that. halfway through the season, he's like, I need a couple days off because I got a death in the family. And then all of a sudden he's, presenting an award at the source award and you're like <laughs> what is this guy doing man like hey man you can you multitask you can grieve on stage he is rodman so, 2.0 he's totally yeah, kind of 100 100 yeah. so you see this all as a fan or as somebody just listening to the news and you're thinking you know it's being portrayed as this is a crazy person this is a crazy person doing really crazy things right and so that's what everybody thought of him so it wasn't really a shock when he changes his name to metal world peace but you know, in the documentary, okay. yeah, he, he, you know, he, he basically is, I guess, in, if you wanted to look at this from the top layer of, of the whole situation, he, because of the suspensions that they incurred, which was run our test with a rest of the season suspension. And this Steven was right Jackson, as the year started also. Right as the, yeah, Steven Jackson and Jermaine O'Neal both got 25 and 30 games. And they're the three best players other than Reggie Miller, you know, so there's their season. They're gone. Like it's, that was supposed to be they're like this is our last like they were going to do it for reggie miller like this is our go for it here we're all in on this season yeah yeah and so you can so now it's two seasons in a row that you can basically put a stamp on that ron artest has ruined a championship chance for reggie miller and then he just leaves abruptly just leaves he says i can't deal with this i don't even want to put every time he says he puts the indianapolis Pacers jersey on or even looks at himself in it it gives him like high anxiety. He thinks of that moment and he just needed to get as far away from that as possible. And so he asks for a trade. He gets traded to the Lakers and they win a championship. And in the, after the championship on the floor, he gets taken up to the desk. They say, Ron, you're your champion now. How do you feel? And he goes, is his name well, met you know, the world peace at this point or Ron Artesto? No, it's still Ron at this, at this oh, point. Yeah, yeah. But he, but he, he, his answer was, you know, it was, it was telling in how self-aware he was. Because in that amazingly joyous moment, he says, I should have done this last year with Steven and Reggie and, and Jermaine, but I didn't because I left because I'm a coward and now I'm here and now I have it. 
and I don't, you know, I should have done it. And, and he's, he's, he's got, he's, he's, he's tortured. Back, you know, he's reflecting. Yeah. He's not even, you know, so it, it's, you know, it's a story that's got a lot of tragedy in it, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of just like, you know, a bunch like, like all, all of this happened. And Reggie Miller, one of the greatest players in the NBA didn't get a championship, you know? So it's very, very, it, it was a very well told story. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, man, you're going to love it. You're going to love so it. The, la- the camera, the last and just part- like one thing I wanted to say, sorry, Chalmers, the, the, all right. no, no. the footage that they just, that came out, like as sports fans, like I knew about this when it happened, it was like, Oh shit. But in this documentary, you get to see a bunch of clips yeah. that you've probably never seen before of just how wild it was in that building and just how fucking scary it looked. There's parts where the Pacers are finally getting pulled off the court and going to their dressing room and like security's trying to shield them from just being bombarded with anything people could grab to throw at them. They were trying to rip chairs off the ground to throw at the players. Like it was fucking nuts. It was a madhouse in there. I I also want to... I want to talk about that John Green guy, the guy who threw the first yeah. beer, because he also a fuck is boy. well, he is an all-time piece of shit. First all off, time fucking so piece he of shit. he's the one that throws the beer, but then he Hold like. Hold on, just one sec. Imagine going to a game thirty years ago, and you're like, they're going to be talking about me and call me a piece of shit in 2021 in Edmonton, Canada. Yeah. What I'm about to do is so epic in the shithead Hall of Fame. Now continue. So he's the guy that throws the first beer at Ron Artest. And that's why Ron runs into the stands. And this guy then like cowers off to the side and tries to trip Ron while Ron is going to fight a different fan. And they asked him, they asked him in an interview later, they were like, (laughs) how did you feel when Ron was beating the shit out of the guy who didn't do anything wrong? And this John Green guy's like, I felt relief that like, I wasn't the one getting, and they're like, do you have any regrets? They asked me if he had regrets, yeah. and he basically said, I regret not tripping him sooner when he came up. And this guy was what like going fuck? on fuck. He was like going on news stations and shit and like parading proud, yeah. himself around. He was proud he of was like what he did. With what he did, yeah. Wow. Very so proud here, here's so and, and then here's sorry. here's the continuation of it. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say they so they didn't they couldn't identify him for like the longest time. And the only reason he was identified is because the guy who was in charge of this criminal case his neighbor used to date the guy and that's how they were able to like track and figure out who he so, was. Otherwise they wouldn't wow. have gotten it. So that's the second part of this story. That's so interesting is that even right after the game, the police wanted to detain Jermaine O'Neal. They wanted to arrest him mm-hmm. um, for throwing that suck for throwing what they call a sucker punch. But at this point, you know, he's like, no, I'm getting on the bus. But so anyways, the Oakland district attorney, I'm not really sure why it was Oakland, but whatever, it doesn't matter. The district attorney, is now starting to do he, he he's the one that's got to do the case and when bag milk brings up all the footage that's what's so amazing is this guy had to go through a ton of tape and what he really wanted to do was he wanted to identify the like five to six people that really caused or or inflamed the riot and when he watches all the tape he really just starts to like hone in on this jeff or john jeff green i don't even know what his name is um and so he, and, and he's the one that like, he's like, all I cared about was him. If, it, if he doesn't throw that beer, that beer cup, this whole thing does not happen. He's the one I want. And so then he's like trying to find all these camera angles. And that's when he realizes that he's the one that knows this guy. Like how fucking crazy is that? Oh, how coincidental is that? And so, Wild. yeah, then this, and this guy's on TV and everything. And he ended up like, they ended up going to court. Like he ended up getting charged with oh, yeah. uh, a, a, a few aggravated assault, I think inciting a riot, a few things, you know? So there was a whole second life to the act and, and like that, and that caused, so the litigation is what caused Jermaine O'Neal, Steven Jackson and Ron Artest from being able to um, discuss this thing for so long. And, you know, they couldn't give their side of the story. So for like 10 years plus they had to just basically bite their tongue and take the shit you know basically lost all the respect they'd ever gained and ever earned and it changed the whole nba in a way of like these guys are thugs you know like you could never say the things in the papers that people were saying no. about them today it was know, just blatantly racist was, is what it was the, yeah 100 percent it was the, oh, 100 the hip hop nature the thugs you know and donald and david stern sorry the commissioner of the nba he took it as like, I've got to 
convince my majority white audience that they are safe coming to basketball games. And so that's when he implemented, you know, um, you know, a dress code kind of the, the dress code, you know, uh, I don't think you had to cover up tattoos at any point. Did you? What do I, think I don't know, that? but you basically had to like, the guys were showing up wearing whatever they wanted and then having to go to wearing suits. It was like, it was full Lou Lamorello mode. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. It was the weird. The best part about really that weird. was the one, the one guy who dressed the worst in the whole NBA, the one guy who showed up to every game looking like an absolute slob was Steve Nash. <laughs> small yeah. white guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he would wear like ripped baggy hoodies. He looked like Bill Belichick going to every fucking game. So it's funny. That was it, that was before once he hit Laker mode, then he got like the real aggressive side part, high yeah. and Oh yeah. Uh, he went full pro when he became a Laker. Um yeah, I love we those keep... behind the scenes documentaries like this though, like on major sporting events, they're the best. I could watch those all day. You just get so, so many, many stories. stories like that. There's so many stories out there like that that you could do something like this. And I think it's cool that they did that. Like, it'd be, what if they did one like when Mike Milbury ran into the into the stands and beat a guy up with his own shoe? Like, yeah, they should do one. What's the story? What's but, the like Ty Domi pulling the guy into the penalty box kind of thing. Like, there's a bunch of them. No. None of them are on even close to the scale of the malice. At the no, 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 no. Like, if, like, like I said, when. I was, I'm a very, I love basketball highlights. That's as close as my NBA like fandom goes, but like, so I knew the story, but to actually see the story was, it was pretty awesome. It's just, I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh, The Boston Bruins one, there's like five or six Bruins that end up in the stand. And they're wearing skates. Yeah. That's like a little, and they're wearing skates. That is not. (laughs) And two of them have lit cigarettes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But I mean, there wasn't, I, I still don't know if it was on like on that level. It might have gotten like close, but like I don't know. Even in but the you Mouse- fight in hockey, so it was like, uh, oh, that's just hockey being hockey. You know, it's like Steve Jackson even, even I think says that in the doc. He's like, yeah, you know, what about fucking does. hockey? Yeah. Oh, Jermaine O'Neill, sorry. Commerce, yeah. out of but everyone so- I know, if you were down in the Coventry home section where you are being fancy about four hundred dollars into a Friday night, and somehow or other a flame ran up the aisle, fist cocked. Out of everyone I know, they're fucking with the wrong guy if it's you on the other end of that. Because you would fight. And you would be in a documentary know. 30 years later and be like, this is how it's his fault. And people be watching yeah. the documentary and be like, that that Chris Chalmers is quite uh, he's, he's quite convincing. <laughs> You're like, I have also changed my name to Meta World Peace. Uh, and Affluent. Yeah. Yeah. My life would be ruined. My life would be ruined 20 years after it, too. If, uh, if you... If you haven't watched the Malice at the Palace doc, it is worth your time. And how's this for a, uh, on a cold, rainy night in Edmonton, order in some food from our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. Whatever you want. Ding dong. Oodle noodle. There's plenty of places available on DoorDash brought right to your door. Use the promo code REALLIFEDD. Gets new customers 25% off and no delivery fee on their first order. And watch this Malice at the Palace doc. That sounds like a great way to spend an evening. I ordered some pho last night on DoorDash. I needed, oh, some, I, I needed some, I needed some soup to to warm the soul on a chilly eve. I might actually so, do uh, wonton, a war wonton from Oodle Noodle today. It's a perfect soup day. Yeah, it is a good soup day. Oh, okay, okay, okay. On the topic of Oodle Noodle, I tried something. It was fucking delicious. It's going to be coming out. We've got to figure out the logistics, but it was a butter chicken mac and cheese. Whoa! Oh my god. How, yes. how, how, how? Exactly how it sounds. With oh my just God. Cheese added to it. Oh my baked? fucking Lord. Not baked. We don't have the infrastructure to So bake we it. have noodles and then we just throw the butter chicken on like an and Italian cheese. sauce? No, no. The butter chicken is the sauce. And then cheese. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Also, sticking with Oodle Noodle, I got to say the latest Kingsway video is just <laughs> the meme potential. In that video is fantastic. Uh, so good. Uh, so good. You know, we're going to talk about it. That video, it's very sad at the same time. Yeah, our boy, absolutely. Our, our boy, Josh Park, is last day with us is the golf tournament. You got called up to the big time. He's been scooped up by the evil empire. We yeah. should probably let him, we we should probably let him make what? that announcement, though, right? Yeah, we will at the golf tournament. Like he's gonna be, he's he's gonna be co-hosting at the golf tournament. I don't know how Josh wants to go about it, but obviously he's very talented and he's been presented a very good opportunity. So I don't. 
I don't know how he wants to go about it. So, I'm just so here's the news. Right I don't. I don't know how he wants to go about it. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> you I'm just going, did it. We'll just keep it between us and the twelve listeners. In the yeah. <laughs> super tight. Yeah. Super tight group. It's funny because people see like oh, we've been putting a call to action out for uh, video. People have figured people. it out. Yeah. People have figured it out. So, but like like Josh got presented a really good opportunity to 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 manage and create the in-game experience for the Oil Kings. So. Uh, it's it's a world that he loves and knows and wants to get deeper in. So it's great, and hopefully, hopefully, there's a world where there's a bridge between the two sides, and we can collaborate on stuff. But uh, it's either that, or I start a smear campaign that he's smuggling pandas, and we just get him back. We steal him back. Yeah, All you right. know, we'll we'll find it. Yeah, by hook or crook, we will find a way to work with Josh Park again. But yeah, that was it's a sad sad loss, but um, good for him, and we'll uh, we'll truck on. I love the guy. It's a bummer. It couldn't be I'm that hard to hack the Oil King scoreboard. Yeah. Mm. It couldn't yeah, we'll be. Oh, so There's okay. no way they've gone to any real lengths to protect it. We could just hire anonymous and just have them have them infiltrate it and just come on and be like, "This is anonymous. Did you know that?" Blah 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 blah. And they'll be like, "Josh T. Park brought Oilers Nation into the arena." Beep boop boop. And then they'll be like, "Oh my god, it was a mole exercise. You're yeah. fired." <laughs> we'll be like, "Oh, Josh, you want your old job back?" <laughs> Anyway, so that's sad because that video is is performing hilariously well. It just makes me miss the fact that he's uh, moving on even uh, even more. But all good. If I you're a, a video editor, today, Jay, yeah, I had a good chat today with a really strong candidate, Jay. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm Who's already about doing work for us? Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I just want to say I'm pretty excited about it because I saw the exact same thing before even knowing that Wanye uh, had that conversation. So, oh, I, is that what you DM me about bag milk? That's right. Yep. Sorry, I have been literally on a fucking Zoom call from 8 a.m. until right when this podcast started. So I am out of the loop. We'll get there. We'll yep. get there. I'm excited. I'm if excited. not, I'll run Josh Park over with a golf cart on, on Thursday. Can't work for OEG if you have broken legs. And then he goes, That's actually, right. I can. I, I definitely could. <laughs> we'll just do a deep, deep fake of Josh Park telling everyone on the scoreboard that he only came back to bring Oilers Nation on the scoreboard. Yep. <laughs> and it's me, Josh uh, T. Park. Why would he refer to himself with his middle initial? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gregor is also like, we're minutes away from the auction starting on the Gregor show to uh, win your spot into the Oilers Nation Open, which means if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably too late. So you should have listened to the other podcast when we told you about it. I tweeted it. I tweeted it today. You got you to be on the ball, people. My... My uh, word of the day for the golf trip will be moderation. I just, my, I need to pitch take it count. easy. Pitch count. Pitch count. Yeah. You, you got to watch the pitch count. Got to mix in some water. Got to really stay hydrated. And uh, I think we'll shoot low. I think it'll be and, good. And stay loose. You also got to, it's a fine balance because you have to, you can't, you can't under index on the fun juice either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the right under index. You have to insulate it and, re- and, and surround it by a really solid program. JR, what if we win it? Mm. With good a five-man team? Question, huh? Good for us. Well, then good for us, Chalmers. I actually, I'm actually, I see the trophy right behind Jay right now, actually. You want some of this? There it is. That's, Everybody uh, will think the rig is in. What do you think we'll shoot? So, to be fair, the very first year we had the Oilers Nation Open, uh, my team did win it. Uh, and I, was, I was on that team, was I not? Nope. No, 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 no. Uh, we were, oh wow, Chalmers, remembering yourself on a winning team that didn't exist. <laughs> and uh, they were a world piece. they were very sad uh, that we couldn't submit our score, um, but there was a good happy ending to it because one of the guys on my team, his house caught fire, Jonas Chalmers, and yeah. he had a shit ton of Oilers memorabilia, all went up and up and smoke, gone forever. Yeah. So I rebuilt uh, that house. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So uh, he, he won. He won. <laughs> I know. I rebuilt that house from scratch. What is it like four people on earth? May have he allegedly the, started uh, the fire, but that's just my opinion. He won this awesome. I don't know if it was a, it was an awesome Oilers piece. Like it was his first like piece of memorabilia that he's getting back after his house burning down. He won it at the tournament from the super ticket. Okay, well, that was a nice. I, I wouldn't say it's a nice story that he wasn't allowed to win the golf tournament and his house burnt down. But I suppose the Oilers never Is it worth your house burning down to win the Oilers Nation golf? And he's just like, no. to tell you no. Yeah, and he's just like, here's my signed picture of Lubomir Vishnovsky. It made it all worth it. <laughs> yes, exactly, Lubo. 
So, Yeremchuk, uh, you asked what you think we'll shoot. And I think that we will be anywhere between 14 and 17 under. Whoa. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, that's I think you are grossly – I mean, you two are good. I'm not that good. You but. only need two, buddy. <laughs> I guess. I just, just – Any back for any, man. My all goal is to sink a, a long pucks. putt for the putts. boys. It's, that's all it is, is, is making putts, man, is making yep. putts and using your mullies wisely. You want, okay, so you buy your super ticket, you get your mullies. The thing, the normal logic is to use your mully on a putt. That is so incorrect. You need to use it, it on is. the p- approach because the approach unlocks four putts. So you want to try to get it closer on the approach as opposed to trying to use it. For I can't t- believe you're telling everybody this. Yeah, right that's now. that's a lot of truth to give to twelve <laughs> listeners. Well, I hey, I just I, I I want to help everyone. This is I want people to come to the, to the real life pod, podcast and sometimes be like, you know what, I learned something today. Something I might sometimes it's about nothing. Real life. Sometimes, sometimes it's about something. Yeah. So that is the tactic. It is one of the world. Is it, it is one of the world's biggest myths that you use it on a putt because yeah. you get four, you get extra chance at it. That is not right. You do Unless, not do that. You, yeah. it, it, have you have you ever heard the saying "Any idiot can do it the second time"? Well, nope. You hit your approach shot and you get that feeling. You immediately drop a second ball, put it even tighter. Yeah. Sorry, Chalmers. What was it saying? Sorry, was it trying, was it saying? Any idiot can do it a oh, second time. I was saying that. There you go, your M Chuck. You're the fucking idiot. Yeah. I was trying to get Chalmers to say it twice. Oh, I thought I was yeah. just cutting out. Getting bad. Oh, no. here. You were cutting out though. Don't worry. That was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, cool. I, I well, I bet you will fall in in on that. It all depends how you do on the par threes. That's really the differentiator in a scramble. If you can birdie the par, th- a birdieing a par three is like an eagle. On a par five, I'll be there to document all of it. Just wait till I'm creeping up. Speaking of eagles, all you guys filming live, pressure's on. Speaking of eagles, did you guys see Rick from the Pint and producer of uh, ON Radio and frequent co-host got an eagle? Yeah, I saw that from like a hundred and some odd yards out. Yeah, looked like a decent shot, and then he had like 17 Instagram stories from the moment he realized it went into getting to the green. All together, (laughs) he documented the 132 (laughs) yard drive aggressively. I've uh, the first like three stories, and I looked to see how many there were more. I'm like, holy hell, he's carrying this thing all the way in. Then got to stretch it out. Um, I went golfing twice this weekend with my girlfriend and in each round she missed a hole in one by like a putter length more or less. And someone DM'd me when I posted it and they're like, man, if she would have made it, that would have been great material for grilling Chalmers on the, on the pod. Oh. How do you feel Chalmers if your Chat's girlfriend gets a hole in one before yeah. you? The exact well, same fucking way I would feel if anybody who has played less than a hundred rounds of golf in their life, if, if they had gotten a hole in one, that's how I would feel. There's like, my friend. There's my friend that would fuck up a flame sitting on the aisle. <laughs> oh, there he is. There he is. I heard that tone. I got to stop following fucking Instagram golf Instagram right now because every other thing is about some guy who like, Oh, second round got a hole in one with a driver on a bar three. And you're like, Oh, you just want to fucking kill somebody. My goal in life now is to get a hole in one before Chalmers. Yes, and I just start on, like start. You know what? They, I bet you, know you will. Part of the shtick is like, it, it just, it's like nobody, re- I mean, you never really think about it, but like, I love when we're on par threes now and people are just like, let's get one here. And like, <laughs> it just adds an extra element because when it does happen, it's going to be fucking epic. I love it. You're like so- Ray Bork going to Colorado to win the cup. <laughs> like everyone had been cheering for him for so long and he'd been so good yeah, for right. so many years, but never hoisted it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like it's like, Everybody, everybody's cheering against it ever happening. No, just so the yes. story continues. Yeah, if you're cheering, if you're cheering for Chalmers to get a hole in one, truthfully, because you know if he gets one, we're going to talk about it on this show. T- tweet him and say Chalmers, I'm cheering for you. Give him a little ray of sunshine on an otherwise cloudy I'm gonna, day. I'm going to be cheering for Chalmers this Thursday because there is two cash hole in one prizes, and by being in his group, I obviously get to enjoy some of those funds. And oh, yeah. there's the nation truck, which means if you win it, I'm going to keep it. Yeah, I'll just give it back to you. <laughs> I, yeah, I would right like the, you would. So I, I would like to let the you. record show. If actually, I get the hole actually, in one, Jay, you don't get the truck back. I, I yeah, will be driving what? it. You gave me you gave me a real good excuse on Saturday not to ever give you anything back ever again. Oh, my God. 
Oh my god! Just I'm just kidding. Jeez, he's <laughs> still that, sour that, about it. That's deeply inside. That's de- oh, that's... deeply inside. You yeah. really would have brought it up. Don't be no, I guy. know. Oh. To give Jr. Because if, if I could give Jr. some shit now and then, you know, I'm going to take that opportunity. Ugh. There's a lot of shit said this week that we seem to be forgetting that we're doing a podcast that's like yeah. people sitting around to our friends giving each other shit, but we're actually doing a podcast. So when you say shit like that, it, it isn't really, you know. Well, Chalmers, uh, to, to add salt to the wound, Saturday was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> I bet it was. There was an event at my house that my girlfriend was in charge of with her friends to emulate Folk Fest. So our Folk Fest crew. So it was... My girlfriend grew up on the north side, so her whole north side crew came over for Folk Fest. And Chalmers does have a case. He's been part of the crew. He's connected to the crew, but wasn't a t- an attendee of the event. So there's, <laughs> some, there's some sourness there. Chalmers, there's a pandemic. There's a limit to these things. So, 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 really, this isn't a selfish thing. I don't. I could care less about going to. Well, a that audio I've is crystal seen. clear. A or M check. Yeah, crystal, crystal clear. Bad. Well, you were just about to go on a ranch, and your phone was like, "I don't think they want to hear this." And then it fucked with you. Is it? Is it okay now? I'll stop. Yeah, clears the bell. Yep, you're good. Okay, so this isn't selfish. This is. This is. This is. I'm. I'm fighting a fight for somebody else who's. Who's. Uh, and this is inside baseball, but this was. This was. It was told to us that it was going to the folk fest is one anybody can go to the folk fest, but there is a tradition at the folk fest. And it is where you go and run tarps. Have you ever done that bag mode? No, I've never been to folk so fest you, actually. What you do is you stand in a line for like four hours. And then when they, when they call your name or your, or your color, you get to run on the hill and put down your tarp and you save an area for your whole group. And usually what they'll do is you'll send one or two people, you know, all the tarps and they'll go do it. You know when they show uh, bag milk on Insta, like crazy people on the stage rushing the Walmart for Boxing Day sales? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying exactly that, but Edmonton like. hippies holding on to tarps. I'm with you. Exactly. Oh, that's Edmonton what I needed. Hippies. Mm-hmm. So my my so Jay says, well, listen, this was just you know it's a small gathering just for tarp runners, and my beautiful beautiful wife sitting right next to me goes, I ran tarps two in a two years in a row with you guys after working an eight hour shift all night. And went and got in that line and then did it. And Jay goes, oh, you did? Oh. And then it was just- I, It wasn't my event. That was what I was told. It's like <laughs> for the OG Folk Fest crew that ran tarps. And, I, and, and that's, uh, that's what I was told. But I guess I'm missing the other layer. It's every, this is the high school crew that as well. So the, 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 the whole O'Le- O'Leary friendship <laughs> circle. When I people just, think about I, events, hey. they think about not inviting people. And then you say to your person you're planning an event with, oh, don't worry. People don't even give a shit if they're not invited to events. They are not contemplating Chris Chalmers, who takes it as a so, shot across no, the Oh, bow. he's so offended. Um, I, oh, and that's the, the thing. It's, the other, it's just, this is a whole other world I didn't have control of. Chalmers, if I'm having a party at my house, you've been to so every one of them. There's, there's something that people got to know like about. like 1993. <laughs> yeah. If, if people don't know about this, me, there's just there's something they'll need to know. I, even if I don't want to go to something, I want to be invited. And even if it's something that's so, that, that, you would, that you would know for in a million years I would not go to. If you don't invite me, I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> and then, and then I, I like dial it up to 10 to, just to like, because I like to have fun with, honestly, it's just fun for me. It's very fun. And so I knew that I was going to give Jason shit. Well, and then uh, Chalmers, the other thing is, like, like if I, if we start, if I start inviting my side of the of the aisle, oh, it's just then this turns into open, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah, like, it had to be a controlled that. number of people, and I, I was, I was hands off because Folk a- Fest, I've, I've, I've been invited to. I don't drive the bus; it's out of my control. And so, Wanya, this is the part where I go, yeah, I know that. I wouldn't have even come anyways. Like, legit. We had yeah, baseball <laughs> provincials. We had we had baseball provincials all Saturday. Oh, yeah. and, and then Sunday this is the part of the story where you find out Charles isn't even in town. And if you had invited him, he couldn't even oh. tell if he wanted to. But friendship. Hey, everybody off. has a friend. Everybody has a friend like me. And don't. And if you if you don't have a friend like me, Charles, nobody has a friend, friend like you. Me. That's why you're yeah. on the podcast. Nobody if has. Don't, a friend. If you don't have a friend does. like me, you are the friend like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Good. 
Okay, before we keep going along here, quickly some love to Twig and Berry. So I believe we'll be at our golf tournament. Uh, promo code Nation15 gets you 15% off. Twigandberries.ca looks styling and uh, pick up some of their nutsack underwear. Very comfy. You, I'm wearing mine right may, now. Th- there may or may not be a piece of Twig and Berry swag for all of Hello. the players. Ooh. Oh, nice. Charles, Charles, how'd you, nice. Charles, how'd your boy do at Provincials? Uh, uh, good. So, yeah, um, six teams, three on one side, three on the other. I'll make this real quick because some people don't like it when I talk about it. Some people really <laughs> like when I talk about coaching. So I'll do like kind of the middle road. Um, Guess which group I'm in, Chalmers. The not, the not side. The not side, yeah. Um, so we lost our first game. We won our second game. If you win one game, you make it into semis because then uh, four teams play in the semifinals. Um we got to the semifinals and we were up seven to one, uh, six to one in mm. the top of the fifth. Uh, we went into the bottom of the fifth and in true, you know, it, it was the best four innings of baseball. I've seen these kids play. They were, they were turning double plays where a kid would get the ball at shortstop, touch second base and with a spinning throw, throw it to first. Yeah. It was, it was, um, I've never been so proud of these kids in my life as I was, you know, watching that game and i still proud of them um we we just caught we just caught the bad side of a heater and they went up seven six uh in the bottom of the fifth and you know it's i'm not going to get into all the pitching because the fact is is like you can only throw pitches so many times these are kids and so we 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 just we were handcuffed with what we could do um the fact is is like the kid that was pitching he pitched an absolute outstanding game but we just we got on the wrong side of a few bounces and seven, six went into the top of the sixth inning, which is the last inning with guy on second guy on third and two players struck out on some questionable strikes. And so that's how it ended. It was a heartbreaker. The kids were devastated. Um, but you know, it was a, it was an awesome season. Probably my favorite coaching season of the year. Um, the of team the year. that we lost to in the first game ended up winning the consort Cubs. Congratulations to the consort Cubs. They are Alberta. Provincial champions. You know who's from consorts? Do you know who's from consorts? Katie Lang. Katie Lang. And we got yeah, right. with we Katie got, Lang yeah. and oh, the consorts. Yeah, right. We could do. Yeah, cons. Yeah. Fake house living, Riverdale avoiding Katie Lang. Yep. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's how yep. that's how Good the talk. South Jasper Place Blue Jays went, and it was it was an awesome weekend. Um, my kid's going to be a better baseball player and a better person for being involved in that kind of thing feeling that kind of uh, disappointment is only going to make him stronger. So we're already mm-hmm. on to hockey. He's at hockey camp today. It hasn't worked for the Leafs, but hopefully it works for your son. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, there was a story out on TSN today about the Leafs from Travis Yost, and the title was Leafs heading into this season with a last with like the last dance type mentality, like the oh, Bulls yeah. in that last season. And someone yeah, tweeted it and was like, same. Someone quoted me and was like, must have missed the five championships. <laughs> yeah. If, but the funny thing is, if the Leafs fuck up this year, it's they're going to blow it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah. the GM sticks around? Do they give him a rebuild? Or is he Gonzo Alonso? Yeah, I think he's gone. I don't think he gets a chance to do anything. Does he get hired immediately by a different team, though? Yes. Probably, yeah. yeah he, it probably doesn't so. take him long. We should probably talk about the news that uh, Mr. Jason Greger broke on OilersNation.com today. The Oilers will be requiring fans 12 and up to, pre- to provide proof of vaccination. Excellent. Of course they are. Anybody mad about this is an idiot. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have anything really to say about that. That's how I feel. The majority of society is vaccinated and getting vaccinated. And if you don't want to play along with the majority, you can watch the games at home. I don't give a shit. So Facebook whatever. comments are nasty. The Facebook Good. comments are just like moderation on the, on the internet can be tough at times, but days like today, <laughs> man, it's, it's been a, it's been a battle. There's a few of us minding the comments today and it's, it's been a struggle. Can I, can I ask a couple questions about this? This is the first, so I, you guys were talking about this when I jumped in on the podcast, like at the very beginning, and I didn't quite know what you were talking about. I, I figured it was something to do with this, but so to hear that they are requiring vaccination report or vaccination certificates from people 12 and over is or a uh, the test. least that they could do, the least responsible thing they could do. Uh, they should absolutely be doing it. And so on what Facebook page? Like, is this the Edmonton Oilers Facebook page? No, ours, no. bro. Oilers, We're Oilers, Oilers Nation. Nation. You ever heard of the website right, but, Oilers Nation? 
<laughs> oh, so like on your post, then they go, I don't fucking know how this stuff works. This is All right, why Thomas, I asked I'll, I'll break this down God for you. God damn it. So okay, Jason Greger sends me a text message. He says, Bagnock, I got an article to go up. I say, okay, Jason Greger, I'll take care of it for you. So I get everything ready. And then when I press the old post, the internet machine spreads that baby out. It goes to Twitter. It goes to Facebook. It goes everywhere. So on our Oilers okay. Nation Facebook page, the article where Jason broke the news, the commentary on there is uh, aggressive. Scathing. <laughs> it's 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 been Q-Anon-esque? a morning. esque. Yeah. It's it's been a morning. I got a word. Okay, so I got a word of advice for anybody for the Nation Golf Tournament. If you want to make sure that I will not have a conversation with you and not talk to you and most likely even maybe say some choice words to you. <laughs> bring up the fact bring up the fact that you don't like the fact that the Oilers are 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 asking for vaccination certificates. I will look at you. I will know exactly which part of society you are in and I will walk away. Yeah, uh-huh. right. You'll punch them. You'll punch them like p- people it, punch metal world keeping it 100 you're in junk. Whoa, <laughs> dusted it off. Let's go. <laughs> also, other news that, that I want. Smoke. I want that smoke. I'm not afraid to argue in public. I don't give a shit. Well, then you'll also <laughs> love think about something like that. I don't give a fuck. Let's go. Well, then you'll also love this, Chalmers. You want different smoke. Our boy Angus sent a message to Weathers Nation today, and I like that Wanya shared this. So I wore nation gear to my first date in probably like four years, and she loves nation gear. It wins over babes. How's that? I actually had a friend say that once too to me, a guy I used to, I I, I knew for a few years now DM me and was like, I was with a lady. And the next morning when we got up, she immediately put on her keep nudes forever shirt. I was like, Oh my God. That's a keeper. That's a keeper right there. Yeah. Wow. Nation gear. Uniting people. Nation gear. Speaking of nation gear, I I literally was having a shower today and got overcome with anxiety of the sense of like, we got to come up with new designs for the season. The shower? This morning, Jay, this morning, you'll be happy to know six new nation gear designs went into prototyping. Oh, thank baby Jesus. You don't even shower worry about this. You can have the shower screens about something else. This yeah, is while the them prototypes too? are getting made. Prototypes are getting made, man. You know what an initial one design looks like? It's terrible. I think I should start getting prototypes to wear around and just like. You want one? Feel out. Yeah, it's like it's, the market. Research. The new shirt says Chalmers will knock a bitch out. Is that a problem? You want to wear <laughs> that? Oh, yeah. That's Sons a and four. That's Chalmers a, is yeah, a chummer. Chalmers <laughs> yeah. is a chummer. Yeah. Yeah. Chalmers Chumco. Chalmers, are you happy to be are you happy to be a part of the most infamous chumming accusation in northern Alberta in the last ten years? Yes. Quite are you happy that that <laughs> surrounds your I'd, character? I'd even I'd even wear a Chalmers is a chummer sweater because it's it's like that ironic. You thing. would if, if 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 let's make this podcast bigger because if it is bigger, we get a ch- we can get a chum shirt off the ground. Yeah, because I was going to say we do get requests every now and then for both real life and on radio to have some kind of merch available. So we need more people to listen. Well, Tell your and friends. What I've noticed, what I've noticed is like stories like that. Like I, I love. I wish we, we we need to bring up some more of that stuff from the past because it's funny how people will always like they'll they'll message me on Instagram or Facebook and they'll always like hashtag it with like either I am a cheater or I'm not a cheater. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't ask, but what the fuck? Okay, yeah, that's great. That's it's part of the whole show. And it's, it's funny to bring out. Yeah, we just, should, we should, we should definitely dig deep and bring up some more of those events in our lives and, and air them out. If the there's one thing I know, if there's one thing I know about us and that's why we're able to carry on a podcast is that our lives are one scandal after another that we're constantly breaking to one another. And that's the way we get through the days. Oh, I had someone and I should actually get their name and give them a shout out here. Um, but they basically re- reached out to me. Um, it's at Y2Bay on Twitter. And they were like, hey, I'm just getting caught up on the podcast. Um, whatever happened with your father-in-law's basement? Did everything sort itself out? Oh, oh, yeah. oh dear. At first, Chalmers I wanted to be like building the house right now. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At first, I wanted to be like, how are you like eight months behind on the podcast? <laughs> like, that was so long ago. Um, but he said he was glad everything worked out. So I appreciated that message. Yeah. I'm and how is like, what's the update? Yet. What's the update, Tyler? Are we at 100% back in the, uh, is it ready to flood again? Oh, yeah. It's ready to flood again. Nice. Are you, so are you allowed back or are you still on like, I was never not allowed back. Or textile. Yeah. I wouldn't allow you in the house. Yeah. I went over there the other day and used their hot tub. 
Yeah, coming in using my hot tub and flooding my basement. Hell no. My girlfriend, no. Oh, my girlfriend didn't even come to use it either. I just showed up yeah. and I was like, hey, I need the hot tub. And they're like, all right. And your father-in-law put that chastity belt on you and locked it. Bro, yep. that's, that's so funny, eh? You yep. still can't get it off? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm You're wrapping up the pod now. That's what you get for saying weird shit like that is me wrapping up the pod. And actually... That's what I get? That's the best part of the podcast. <laughs> speaking, speaking, <laughs> of, uh, speaking of chastity belts, take care of what's under your chastity belt with our friends at manscaped.com and the promo code REAL. Very well done. You Very 20% well done. Off. Yeah, 20% yeah. off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Right. Promo code real life. We good? <laughs> one, one, I, I'm, one check, more I'm thing. checking yeah, up. Oh, go ahead, Charles. I got to check trying, out here. We're right trying now. to do, we're trying to do with segments and I, I got some of my current affairs thing. Has everybody watched these videos of the new trend that's going yes. around? The, the milk crate milk face? Yeah. Yes. I can't no, fucking man. get enough. It's so oh good. Oh my God. It's your the best thing needs to do one. Seen. Yeah, your M chick does. Your M chick does. I can do it. The milk crate challenge. Yes, yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody should... can do it. Yeah, your M chick can. We're gonna record. We're gonna video it. Oh man, Snoop Dogg. Tyler Tracks, the milk crate challenge. Snoop Dogg has been aggregating them, and it's just like it's my favorite thing ever because people are eating shit <laughs> oh, like really badly. Okay, the I gotta jump out of here, boys. You keep. Yeah, yeah. You get out of here. Bag milk. See the one guy. <laughs> Who basically gets like the paddleboard shakes at the top of the very top of it, and then just lands on his face. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I, love, I love how society is just rotating between like the darkest possible shit online, where like people are debating existential issues of like philosophy and race, and then the same exact shit brings you the milk crate challenge. Oh. And it's just like, oh yeah, but then we also just huck ourselves in giant piles of milk crates. Oh, I've been laughing all weekend. They're just so funny. It's the worst idea, but also the best idea. We good now? Yeah, the milk crate thing's fucked. It's it. the internet's fucked. Oh, you remchuck. Have a little laugh once in a while. <laughs> you're turning into your father. I can't I'm wait okay for Thursday. One, yeah, you're not you're not coming to the golf tournament. Eh? Like that's just not your thing, eh? No, I don't exist in real life, bro. Why is it sad at all? It's not sad at all. I'm so happy we have a golf tournament, but I don't want I, I just think people would love to meet you. That's precisely the fucking point, your M Chuck. Oh, you're scared of heights? Oh, I think it'd just be great if you dangled over the Grand Canyon attached by a rope to your wing. Like, no, Sounds man, like a good way to get over a fear of fi- heights. No, well, your M Chuck, because I didn't get into this to be fucking the guy going around being like, hey, how are you? Listen. Point. I've got the same kind of weirdness that Wanye does with this stuff. And that's why I tend to forget the pitch count when I'm at the Weathers Nation Open. Because people are like, hey, bag milk, hey, bag milk. And I'm like, oh, my God, stranger danger. Smoke bomb, out of the room. There is also the fact that due to Wanye Jr., I have to run a super tight quarantine. I can't be going to offense. But that's I'm not blaming it on him because I wouldn't go. Uh, that's true. No. I wouldn't go anyways, though. Don't blame it on him. All right, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Episode 309 of the Real Life Podcast. DoorDash, that promo code, Real Life DD. Twig and Berries is Nation 15. Manscaped is simply Real Life. And, of course, we have our title sponsor, the HGA Group, for everyone who is here today, and uh, all of our great sponsors, and you, the listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again uh, next Monday, I guess. See you Thursday. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Real Life Podcast. Don't want to miss any of our nonsense? Hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.